What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. And this is, I kid nobody, the coolest guest we've ever had on the show, the podcast. We've had cool content creators. We've had friends of mine. We have Shlomo Lippets on the podcast, everybody. Stand and clap. We have Shlomo Lippets on the podcast. Shlomo, <laughs> thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. You got it. Um, Honestly, there's so much to talk about. It's hard to even figure out where to begin, but I think we should right up front talk about the fact you have a playable card in MLB The Show. Now, it's got some facts wrong. Uh, you were not born in New York. You were born in Israel, and it yeah. says you're 45, which I know you're not. You're 44, right? So right. I'll have to reach out to some SDS people and see if we could pull some strings and get that corrected. But uh, what is it like to be in the game do you play mlb the show like what does it feel like for you i well first of all it's it's awesome i mean i just i i, I love seeing me and and they actually did a pretty good job i mean i'm glad <laughs> i'm in the game now and not 20 years ago when it's kind of just more of like a more of a lego piece yeah. as opposed to someone who looked like like me you know i wish uh like you said some of the facts were correct i live i i wish there was uh you know a little more true to my 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 release point angle but I mean, it's it's amazing. It's cool. I understand why I signed that MLB, uh, I guess, exemption or you know, basically handing them the rights. I would one would think that you would I would see some money or see uh, some type of uh, hey, do you mind us putting your name in the big leagues in the MLB the show? But none of that happened. But again, needless to say, at this point in the career, I'm not. This is not for the money, but just more for the for the street cred, I guess. Uh, so, you know, it's been great. I don't play the game, unfortunately. I My uh, video game hours are, or, or, <laughs> or, you know, days are, are long gone. But I know a lot of people play, and it's amazing. I mean, everyone kind of – the people, my friends who do play, especially some of the teammates are like, dude, I'm, I have it on my team. Uh, and I kind of dig, you know, I kind of dig that they kept it the real. You know, I wish I threw 89 as I used <laughs> to, you know, 20 – five years ago and uh but i see value in 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 throwing that you know high velocity and i'm glad that it's it's, uh, it's reflected in the game so you hit on a couple of things i wanted to ask about so the first thing was what the process was like getting you into the game but it sounds like there really was no process you just the signed some paperwork and basically me being tagged on a tiktok video saying yo <laughs> did you check this out you have a card now i I initially thought because in 2017, the World Classic, uh, Tops put out a bunch of baseball cards, mm -hmm. like a special edition for the World Classic. So when someone sent me that first screenshot, I'm like, oh, cool. They just put out the next, you know, round of baseball cards. Little did I understand that, you know, it's a it's a special edition. Now, it, maybe you could give me some insight here. You know, is it is it permanent? Is it one of those things for, for three weeks? Uh, it's it's and then it's done. Kind of is 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 a fad. Or... So <laughs> the way MLB The Show is creating content this year is different than ever before. And they've never had World Baseball Classic cards in the game until this year. So that was, we were all super excited about that. Um, to my understanding, the cards are playable until December 31st of this year. So till the end of this year. So we could use you for the entire year. Nine months or eight months is bath of my success in MLB, and hopefully become a a, a a local folk hero in the in the gaming scene. 
Exactly. <laughs> um, and you mentioned the velocity. I kind of wanted to walk you through your card a little bit and see Please. where where you agree, where you disagree. Um, so the velocity rating goes on a scale of zero to ninety nine. They have you as a zero. So that means you throw about 80, 81. How do we feel about that? Is that actually generous? It sounded like it might have been. Um, I would say last time I, I got clocked when I played, had an appearance against the Marlins pre-World Classic, uh, I probably hit 78 on a fastball. But I would say, it, but, you know, I, I live in New York. I barely had a preseason to kind of speak of. I would say mm -hmm. 81, 82 for my fastball these days, I would say would be accurate. And now velocity for a pitcher like yourself, I wouldn't say it's meaningless, but you are a control pitcher. You're going to pitch to contact. They have your control as a 59 out of 99. Now that doesn't seem good enough to me. They must have probably looked at a very small <laughs> sample size. I mean, accuracy starting bats is what I do. I throw strikes. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, a, a four, I throw a four seam slider change up. Uh, I do play around with both the changeup fastball and slider. So I kind of try to increase the arsenal to about eight or nine different pitches. Oh, wow. Uh, I walk very little. I, and I strike out very little, but I get a lot of contact and I get, the, you know, get it moving. So I would say in the accuracy, not too happy about it. I'm <laughs> going to have to go to the, to the higher ups over there and, and change it together with my place of birth. But again, we'll see what we could do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You mentioned four-seam changeup slider, and then obviously you can work in a ton of different pitches. They have those three plus a sinker. Do you use a sinker a ton? When you throw, you know, when you throw a sixty-five to seventy-nine, isn't by definition everything is a sinker? It's a gravity sinker, is what yeah, I like exactly. to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to point out about the card because I read that story in Fox Sports that was incredible. Um, I forgot who said the quote, but basically. Whenever they need a complete game, just go out and throw. Shlomo will take care of it. They have your stamina as a 24 out of 99. That doesn't seem high enough either. Just in, a, in, a, in a day and age where <laughs> pitchers get yanked out of game because, God forbid, he hasn't hit 14 pitches this season. And it's midseason. Uh, I, I think that's probably the, the most injustice uh, they've done <laughs> for me. And someone's going to have to pay for this. Oh, someone will pay. <laughs> I, I will make it happen. Uh the way you pitch, as far as your delivery goes, you come down to the side. Uh, where did you develop that? Was that out of necessity because it wasn't working overhand, or were you just always picking it up and throwing it sidearm? Well, I, you know, since Israel, baseball in Israel basically didn't exist in Israel when I was there, right? I mean, okay. just for background, I'm first generation baseball player. I'm the first, one of the first, you know, I put together the first baseball team in Israel with a bunch of second second graders in my class. So um, I consider it, let's say, starting my college career, which again, I started late because I did three years in the army. So I'd say 22. I used to drop down with two strikes in my freshman year. And then basically when I transferred to UCSD, our coach said like, listen, right now you're probably in the same spot with seven, eight other pitchers. When you drop down, it's nasty. If you want to get some PT playing time, you know, just you should probably stick down to there. And, you know, it took some time. I think your body wants to adjust. And when a, when a pitch was meaningful, I would kind of come up. But, you know, I saw my most success when I stayed down there. So um, 
ultimately, we all know, I mean, for those who played college ball, uh, it's a giant time sucker. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're planning to go to school and playing baseball or any sport, you know, I, I, I just, I never, I could never imagine what it is to go through college and, and be on the bench. So I wanted to do anything I could do to get some, some playing time. Um, so th- I, I just dropped down permanently. Because baseball kind of came into your life in a place that didn't have any like structure to it, as far as baseball goes, once you got to college and started pursuing it seriously, was the goal ever to accomplish the things that you accomplished or is this kind of just all happened? I'm going to say something. I'm going to go on them here and say that I, I'm probably the only person I know who had this, who had from the age of 10 as their main baseball goal career to play college ball. Mm. I don't know how at age 11 or 10, 11, when I started playing baseball, I'm like, that is my goal. Now, I wasn't part of this whole hype for good or for bad when baseball. Like when when the, when I when I was like ten to twenty two, there was one TV station in Israel. There was no internet. There was really no. There's no store you could walk in in Israel and t- streets of Tel Aviv and buy a baseball card. There's no way to buy a, a glove or a ball. So I wasn't as fixated with the culture of baseball as a lot of Americans. You know, uh, I didn't have the swag that people do. I mean, now you have. Uh, no, it's Monday. It's, you know, pink wristband Monday. It's, uh, you know, cool day Wednesdays, whatever it is. I didn't have that. And and I think now the downside is I didn't have really a necessary role model that I could really just imitate, which I really think is important mm-hmm. for a developing baseball player. Like it's all about, you know, I talk about it all the time. You talk about coaching. You talk about what's the best thing for a kid, you know, growing up playing baseball, being around great baseball players and i think that's why you know kids kid children of always kind of have an advantage not only because the dna because when you're a kid you learn imitating someone else and i never had that so point is i never got fixated i don't know if it's a matter of just me not having the motivation or just not even having in in my world i never wanted to be a big leaguer or that was never even an option once i got to college and i started i was like well okay my freshman year sucked I think I pitched seven innings and the team was horrible, which is the only reason I I was able to walk on the team. Like anything else, with the success came the appetite. And I have to say, after my my junior year, when I went like five and zero, oh, and you know, really great ratio of strikeout walls, and my velocity was from down here, I was hitting eighty nine. Which hmm. remember those days where eighty nine was like <laughs> like okay, uh, now it's like one oh nine. Yeah, and and. Then I started getting some interest, and I definitely always played the Jewish card. I mean, you know, we, we all have to kind of pride ourselves what we are. And, you know, I did fill in the paperwork with uh, with, with both the Giants and the Dodgers just to kind of, you know, like th- hundreds and thousands, you know, thousands of kids every year. I think where I stood apart was, unlike a lot of kids I played with who are much younger that probably had an unrealistic expectation, especially in Southern California, about them getting drafted and kind of literally waited by the phone. I was a little more realistic. I was a little older. Mm-hmm. I knew where my limitation was. But, hey, if someone – plus, I had a lot of friends that played minor league. I mean, a- anyone who knows anyone who played in the minor leagues, it's a rough life. I mean, it's – unless you have Michael Jordan on your team, you're probably eating yeah. really 
Ricky biscuits and you know some some small snacks and riding shitty buses and playing towns that mean nothing. So I I always had some other interests. I wanted to play as much as I can. Evan, you know, I, I'm still playing at 44, but I didn't have that fixation where you know, like a lot of people do, which is this is my dream. This is the only thing I wanted to do since the age of six or seven. I don't care if I need to travel by bus. This is what I want to do. I I kind of moved on. So I got flattered. I got kind of was like that could be cool if I get first is really born to get picked in the you know in the draft, but that obviously never happened. And uh, long story short, yes, uh, <laughs> I would I I definitely would have liked to get drafted when you did finally have the opportunity to immerse yourself in, I guess, baseball media, like you were saying, you didn't really have access to that. Who becomes that player or team or group of players that you do idolize, that you do look toward as like, I want to be like him. Well, in the mid nineties, I mean, the Braves were definitely that team. If you're, if you're anything about pitcher and, you know, just pinpoint location, especially folks who are not, you know, six foot eight, Randy Johnson, Left free cubes was yeah. you know that blows up you know birds up out of out of you know into the ether <laughs> um i would say kind of the the smokes glavin era um you know i my first exposure to to baseball was in 86 and i kind of got into the mets so the david cones and the white goons of the world but still i never had that proximity where with that access to seeing videos on different grips, right? Or seeing in-depth conversations or being, I mean, kids now could learn all the secret secrets all the time, just mm-hmm. from all, all the that's, the, the, everything that's out there. Um, so again, I and, and I think when people, I guess, especially Israelis, when they say, man, I don't understand the, the game of baseball, you hit it or catch it, I don't know. <laughs> and, or when people tell me, even Americans, that they're not really into the game, I could actually relate. I mean, I watched, baseball on TV these days I'm I'm mainly into teams that have players that are in the organization that I've that I've played with mm-hmm. or that I've you know worked with so um uh, Sam Fold for you know Phillies he played with us in 2017 got to be really friendly with us so I kind of have affinity to that and now that I now that I played with Stubbs and he's a super cool guy you know and, and kind of have that we got Jeremy Blyche who's now in the Pirates organization as a as a as a coach. So I kind of following the pirates, uh, alone Leishman, obviously my good friend and, and, and someone who I've played with for, for many years is the first Israeli born to be in a coaching staff for the reds. Um, Kapler and, you know, who played with us in 2013 and, and, uh, is in the, in the Giants. So I have that kind of mm-hmm. connection. I could understand people who tell me that the game is a little bore boring, but what I, what I, because so I'm not necessarily that kind of mega fan. What I tell them is what I tell anyone else: watch a game with someone who really has played the game and knows the ins and outs. Because baseball, it's all about those nuances and what goes on behind every single decision. And playing, I mean, playing is amazing. I mean, I I love, love, love to still pitch. I love getting mind fucking batters. I love, you know, seeing a batter thinking they're about to hit a 400, you know, foot home run. And then I love, even in college, I remember taking pride in hearing someone telling the guys in the dugout, you know, as they walk out back to the dugout after, a, you know, another ground ball or pop-up, like, man, he has nothing. I got him. It's like, no, 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 man. 
I got you just enough for you to pop <laughs> up or to do a ground ball. And that's that's a great thing about, about baseball. I mean, it's the small little things. I mean, small stuff that like a fuck around, you know, these days it's all about, you know, are you giving it's like a poker game? Are you giving anything off by doing anything with your glove if you're a pitcher? I love just to fuck around. Like I'll just move my finger like this, my my glove finger <laughs> from the outside, sometimes throwing a fastball, sometimes not. You're because, not doing anything different. You're not changing grips or anything. No, nothing. But you know, they think, oh, I'm seeing him moving the finger. It must be the fastball, whatever it is. So it's all about those little nuances and and fucking around with people and you know, people see taking off the bang gloves. It's all routines. It's all trying to kind of mess with people. It's interesting because that window of opportunity to mess with a pitcher and hitter has kind of substantially small, you know, yeah. shorter and smaller with the new rules. But then that that's a whole different, you know, new layer. I'm a, I'm a fast, I work really quick anyway on the mound. So I think it's crucial. I don't, do not understand pitchers that take their time. If ultimately you want your, your defense to be behind you and be ready Taking 35 seconds between pitches is the worst recipe to getting your defense kind of up and, and uh, up and it, ready on their heels. It's, it seems like also pitchers who take a long time, you give yourself too much time. Like you can psych yourself out, live in your own head. Instead, just move on to the next pitch. Keep executing, keep everybody on their toes, like you said. But that's, you know, you bring up that point. I mean, people are stuck in routines and people are stuck in, in certain ways of thinking. Like, when I was a starter, I had the same routine as I was in a reliever. I don't get pitchers that get domed and say, like, "Oh, I have to get, I have to warm up from reliever." Are you throwing the ball? Throwing the ball? What is all this bullshit? You know, listening to music, doing all that stuff. Fucking throw the ball. Yeah, just get it, like, throw it, get it out. Come on. <laughs> so I, I think why so many people since the World Baseball Classic, but now with you in the game as well, they've they've come to really appreciate your story and who you are because and obviously I mean this in the most respectful way possible you're like baseball's every man you're like you're just another dude obviously you have a background that is very different than a lot of us people do but like you have a full-time job you I'm sure enjoy your work you love baseball and like every couple months you just pick it up and go play in a national tournament like that's the dream or international tournament and that's the dream I think every regular person would love to fulfill so what has it been like for you with so different and kind of little of a baseball upbringing to go represent Israel in the World Baseball Classic, in the Olympics, which is incredible. Like, what has that been like for you? It's mind-blowing. It's amazing. It's everything that you think it would be. It's for someone who never had the taste of being a big leaguer, to be able to put on this mask and play pretend, but... <laughs> in real life yeah. that you're a big leaguer. I mean, the cool thing about the World Baseball Classic is it's obviously endorsed by MLB. Everything has to be MLB standards. Mm -hmm. The buses, the hotels, the, the, the dugouts, everything has to be that. And it's amazing how quickly you make the switch in your head from I'm a hardworking American Israeli <laughs> to... I just play baseball and yeah. I choose, you know, I've always been kind of stuck in the moment and not, you know, I think, and, and and this is not dissing anyone else. I think it's just how you're wired. I was always, I was never in the moment just over appreciating and starting to get nostalgic about what's going on while it's going on. Um, I, for me, it's just like, 
Today, I'm here in the office, like I am right now. Tomorrow, I'm getting on the plane. Switch. I'm just a big leaguer. I'm just playing international ball. I'm That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. Like, I don't know if I... In the yeah. world, and I enjoy it because you most cherish the moment. It's not about necessarily trying to cherish the moment and trying to capture every moment and overappreciate it. Just living it and living it as if you fucking belong. And I think part of the reason why I've been able to gel um, with all the players and the big league coaches and every everyone else, it's just I'm not a fanboy. I'm just. It's just um, as if I'm just, I belong, right? And that's mm-hmm. something that that I think, you know, I've met and dealt with a lot of, lots of lots of high profile musicians, obviously, as my job is, a, you know, running a music venue. And with, and, and I've met because of it, high profile celebrities and actors and obviously baseball personalities. It's all about your demeanor and all about how you come to the table with it. And as long as you're not like, I never take a selfie with anyone. I never ch- kind of dork dork out, maybe, you know, beyond it. I just, as if I belong. And I yeah. think that only that has not only allowed me to build a great relationship with both baseball players and coaches and, 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 and to be able to have that kind of like as if it just had had, but it also allowed me to just enjoy the moment. And And I think if you start thinking how surreal it is, that I'm in the Olympics, I'm 43 years old. What did we just win 24 out of 28 games to this literally from going from Bulgaria and Estonia to Germany, listening to house music between innings to Italy to throwing the last pitch, holding my hands, we just qualified the Olympics. And then being in that scenario is just, it's- It's a whirlwind. Like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a game changer. It, it's something that's there for life. And every time it comes in, I'm like, I, I've never, so I, I play with, I think we've all seen that in our day-to-day lives. I mean, we've all been around people that age of 28, they're like, oh man, my back's hurting. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I just, I, can't, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to play. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to play basketball anymore. I'm not going to play soccer anymore. It's like, I feel old. I'm going to retire. I've never said that. Those words have never came out of my mouth. I'm like, mm-hmm. You want me to stay home? You're gonna have to tell me, yo, Shlomo, you're staying home this time. You ain't coming. And which kind of what happened in the World Classic this year? I, w- I was outside the even the extended roster until the last day, and I think they just understood my value extends beyond the field. And obviously, some of the press opportunities. I mean, I got more press <laughs> the as than the people who actually, you know, than the people who played. There's a good story. Story into you, you know, if you're a new, part of the news cycle, you're always looking for a good story. Um, but just play, have fun. Like I can't mm-hmm. even imagine like I, playing video games is. I consider that as a hobby. Do you know how many people out there don't have a hobby? You know, yeah, I I have friends who you know, like I just go becomes, home and sit. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't do anything for fun and oh no, I have family, I have work. If I didn't have baseball, I mean, I use baseball as much baseball as use me. I mean, I use baseball because if I don't have a game on a Wednesday night, I'm not going to leave the office until 10 p.m. No matter how busy the day is, it's mirac- it's it's a, it's a miracle how I find a way at 6.30 to leave work <laughs> to go play baseball. I like to sleep in. You know, I like smoke a little bit, have fun on the weekends. 
I would not wake up for fucking anyone or for nothing at 7 a.m. and drive two and a half hours on a Saturday or Sunday. Baseball, you better believe it. I'll do all of that. Yeah. I would never imagine, you know, being in a in 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 in, in Tokyo and then coming back and then you know, answering 500 emails at midnight where everyone else is just kicking it. That's what I do. So I use baseball as kind of this motivator to keep me going, to go to the gym, to go, to go work, you know, go work out, to be able to live a healthy life, to be, able, and, and it's again, to my advantage, musicians love the fact that I play baseball. I mean, there's, there are musicians out there that have like these, you know, baseball uh, uh, group chats that just all they do is kind of exchange like, you know, funny stories like that. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, two-sided relationship. Um, and again, I'm just, I'm lucky because I, you know, I could, it's true. I mean, they say every single time you get on the field, it may be your last. Uh, I just extended that last for 35 years. <laughs> and I know you mentioned Wednesday nights, you're going to play in, in rec leagues and things like that. Are you, first of all, like the most popular person during these rec leagues. And second of all, are, are we mowing hitters down? Are you Cy Young? Like what's going on in these leagues? I'm pretty good, but you know, I play, <laughs> I the, listen, the, the, the New York leagues suck. New York fields relatively suck compared oh, to yeah. some, let's say California or Texas or Arizona. There is one league. It's called the Zodiac league. I mean, these are a bunch of 21, 22, 23 year old kids. I'm one of five white players in the league. Everyone else is Dominican, Puerto Rican. And man, you're talking about being popular. Imagine these, you know how many people flew from this league to go to Miami to see they live that shit. So for them, it's like mind blowing, obviously. And these are kids that got drafted when they're 15, 16, flown to the US. A lot of them got were, were signed by teams, let go for whatever reason. I mean, you know, most people get released. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just the nature drunk, of it. Yeah. But you have people in these leagues that are just throwing 97, 98. Oh, that God. if you put a ball down the middle, they hit a 430 foot home run. This is in a public, in a public field in, in, in Brooklyn. That's what I want. I want to be punished mm -hmm. if I throw it down the middle. Yeah. I, you know, I want an empire that's good enough that like, I, I don't take, I don't take pride in, having an empire calling me a strike rate. So I want to be rewarded when it's a good strike, when it's a good pitch, and I want to be punished when it's not, and not in a sadistic kind of way. Like, I, yeah. I'd like to be punished with a home run. No, I just, that's good competition. Mm -hmm. I also play with an over 35 league, which, believe it or not, I use it as a kind of mental exercise because it's a real mental fuck. These are guys who obviously had some good arms and good sticks, they're 38, 37, 38, 39, whatever. They'll punish you if you throw a ball down the middle. But if in their they're in the in the in the field, if you hit the ball even an inch to your right or to your left, it's it's gonna be a pass ball. So yeah, sometimes throwing six or seven, six or seven batters per inning. So do I mow people down? No, because I'm not a strikeout guy, right? I'm depending on the defense. So I, I get the ground balls, very few hits. <laughs> get hit hard but guess what unless it's directly into the glove and the guy happened to have an open glove on that specific over you know over 35 league uh you know it, it's going to be a, a long inning but again i just use it i keep reminding myself play it cool don't show don't show don't show <laughs> any weakness in your body language you know and these are a bunch of stay strong yeah guys who hasn't played haven't played in a long time but anything you do could you be used as some type of tool to get better 
so this is kind of backtracking a little bit, and I, I think I already know the answer because you kind of said there's no fanboying. You're a competitor. You step on that mound. doesn't matter who you're you're pitching to. Your goal is to get that person out. But when you look back at now all these tournaments that you've played in, are, are there certain hitters that you faced where you just in your head go, wow, I pitched to – Whoever it is. I I, uh, I anticipated you're going to ask that question. Like, <laughs> who are some of the best hitters you hit? I'm going to tell you something, and I'm not bullshitting. And I'll, first of all, most recent one I would say I'm proud of the, you know, the double play ball I, I, I threw against Todd Frazier and Team USA in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. That's that's so cool. Yeah. I, I Let me tell you something, and, and I swear to God, this is how from day one. You could be – you could, in a game – face me four times you could hit three home runs off of me mm -hmm. and the fourth time you come up i don't know who the fuck you are i don't remember what you did last at bat i don't remember i and and in the most positive way i'm i'm a guy who i'm that guy like my style of pitching is i like to pitch in 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 i pitch backwards most hitters, even most most pitchers, especially not in the you know, unless in the big league, try to avoid the inside. So I I have I, I'm all about I don't like to wipe off, I don't like to shake off all that stuff. I like to make sure I spend the time with the catcher to make sure that they know exactly how I like to pitch, and then I kind of groove with it. If maybe in the beginning, if it's if it's a start, I'll kind of move around. I don't remember what they did, how they did. I really rely on the catcher to just to kind of jive with it. Call a game, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I know it's some people and a lot of people, especially baseball is a game of stats, and a lot of pitchers that I know, like, oh, man, this guy did this and that. I I try. I cannot remember. So I faced Netherlands. I faced Korea. I faced, um, obviously, the U.S. Uh, 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 you know, I faced lots of good players and, and, and Team Italy that a bunch of big leaguers. I, I really, truly do not remember a single hitter I've ever faced. Because <laughs> you're staring at the, ca you're staring at the catcher's mitt. That's it. Yeah. So when when you're – because it's <laughs> it really seems like you're just focused on getting in a rhythm, vibing, like you said. You're a music guy. So, like, when you're on the mound, are you, like – is there music going on in your head? Are you just really trying to, to focus or it's, it's just you're locked I, I in? I hear nothing. I see nothing. I don't – you could be testing my mom, doing whatever, you know uh, – it's it, it's i hear i really nothing and and not only that like in these leagues i play the dominican leagues there's not a word of english spoken i'm not i'm i'm almost lose, using it as a meditative kind of state of mind i don't hear anything i don't see anything i just get into a rhythm and get outs and 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 yeah that's how i've always been uh <laughs> that's really cool so do you think obviously your your playing career as far as now recreationally is what, not what, over? What, what do you say next? No, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um baseball is like I, I wish I had access to leagues to keep playing because I'd play all the time as often as I could. And I know you feel the exact same way, but as far as like representing Israel again. Do you think that is still like something you'd want to pursue? Can your is your body going to let you do it, or or are you maybe just focused on next phase? September twenty to twenty seventh, we're playing in the European Championships in Prague. That's so cool. We finished cool. second. I'm still extremely bitter that we didn't win 
two years ago we we had netherlands on the ropes and it was you know and and uh i i, I won i i was the winning pitcher on record against italy in the semifinals and then we were up against the netherlands in the ninth inning and, and lost so i'm definitely playing this september and i think my goal as far as extending that and i'm not talking about retirement but i think the full full circle is israel is hosting the european championships pool a in 2025 and i think that could be a cool kind of homecoming yeah that would me. be a really um, nice full circle moment otherwise i think you're probably going to be one of the you know i I joke around. There's such a blurry line and and a thin line between, oh man, that Shlomo dude, it's so cool they're still playing, and to crossing that line is like, oh man, look at that guy, poor poor guy, he still thinks he yeah. wants to be. Out of Where is that line? I'm not sure. I may have crossed it in some people's heads. <laughs> um, I still get people out. That's all I care about. I mean. And, 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 and in a lot of ways, I think I've gotten better and better. My changeup has never been as good. Uh, my approach, my ability to kind of turn around, to be able to read what, what to do, I think is, is gone. I could still throw 140 pitches in a game and still wipe my ass, uh, you know, the, the, the following <laughs> day, which is, uh, I'm not like, Oh, DeGrom, you have a little sore, soreness over here after Ooh, one throwing shade. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I love DeGrom. I mean, I, no, I know. He's fucking my idol. I mean, he's, he's an amazing pitcher, but I think the level of sensitivity is has changed. <laughs> I agree. Uh, you mentioned your changeup, by the way. I think that's your best pitch in the video game, too, for what it's worth. Um, because you're representing a team that's not the United States, you you're traveling a lot when it's time to play in these competitions. Is that hard for you from just like, not a social perspective, but just like your everyday life is what you're doing right now. Is that kind of an interruption to everything that's going on? If I, I told you or anyone, yo, your benign life, your gray life, the <laughs> one, your, 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 your daily fucking routine where I get into the subway and I go and work and see the same people you could go to, let's see, Korea, Tokyo, Prague, Germany, Miami. Are you cool with that? I'd be fine I with it. I mean, most, I, I don't know. Most people would be, be cool with that. So <laughs> uh, the only inconvenient, and that's something that kind of started early on, like I knew for me to be able to go travel, and that's true also when I go back home and visit my parents and my family in Israel. Out of two lives, uh, you know, I think it's worth for me answering four hours of emails or taking some phone calls at midnight Tokyo time when it's midday in New York, that's a price that I'm happily would pay. And, you know, I would say overshadows any inconvenience of not being in kind of normal routine. My team picks me up. Um, you know, I think my boss is probably a little bitter because when I, <clears throat> a little, a little, a little tip for those who 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 enter the, the the workforce. Your first instinct when you start a new job, I think, is I want to impress the hell out of my boss. I want to be, you know, the A player. Uh so my maybe this year I'm not gonna tell them that I observe the holiday or that I do an annual trip and you try to kind of you think that's a good thing. That's the worst thing you could do. It's all about creating facts on the ground from day one. Yep. And it's almost impossible, I would say, to change after that. So when I started my first year with 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 my boss, I kind of said, yo, this is 15 years ago. Like, hey, I still pay for the Israeli national team. You're cool with me going once a year or twice a year to 
three tournaments. And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. He's told me many times that he he would have never agreed if he knew that 15 years later I'd still be doing it. <laughs> and disappear sometimes. When we did the Classic in 17, when we kind of started advancing, when we did the Olympics, I was gone for almost two months. Yeah, that's, well, that's a long time. And I'm still, shh, I'm still on the payroll. You know, I'm still on the <laughs> clock and I'm getting paid. So, yeah. So when you go back for the for the European Championships in September, how similar will that team be to the World Baseball Classic team? Or is it mostly going to be more local guys? Um, Much more Israelis, for sure. Much more Israelis. Um, I think one of the great things that has a gift that that's kept on giving, that unlike the World Classic, where you just have to be Jewish, the European Championships, you have to carry an Israeli citizenship. And okay. uh, the president of our league uh, and, and the GM, Peter Kurtz and, and Jordi, uh, did a really phenomenal job once we qualified for the Olympics and actually took a backdoor approach and got a bunch of Jewish baseball players to get citizenship. So hmm. the Nick Rickles and even like a Danny Valencia, has, you know, he has he has a Israeli citizenship and, and, and a lot of those cats. And those have been the foundation for the past five or six years, knowing that we qualified to the for Olympics in 2000, in 2019. So we did not, right after the Olympics, we went to the European championships in Italy and it wasn't as sexy. You know, Danny Valencia, who has many years in the big league, mm -hmm. obviously doesn't find going to the European Championship as sexy as playing, uh, you know, in the Olympics or, or the World Baseball Classic. Uh, but we've been lucky to have a lot of folks who who have taken advantage. So <clears throat> that generation is kind of slowly dying off. And when I say dying off, they're, they're now not playing anymore. So we're going to need that next wave of players. But even though our goal 15, 20 years ago was – we want to use these tournaments to be able to raise tons of money and awareness and, and and blow up the amount of participants in the baseball leagues in Israel and build multiple fields. I think we fell short in some of those goals. I don't think baseball will ever become a mainstream game in Israel. It's a niche sport. You know, uh, there's never going to be multiple stadiums, although they're finally finishing up, you know, one or two fields. But what it has caused, and that's something that's that's already unstoppable, is so many college Jewish college kids and pros now, Jewish pros, because of the world class, because of the high profile in this, now we have parents and children reaching out to us. And now we, we're finding out there's a bunch of college, Jewish college kids that their parents are Israeli that moved mm. to the state 20 years ago. And they don't need to even they don't need even to pull any strings. They could get an Israeli citizenship. So that is now we having that that list is kind of growing in more and more. And uh, again, going a little bit into the Jewish baseball scene, which is definitely a scene. Uh, I wanted to ask you about it anyway. So by all means, please go into it. I mean, just uh, the fixation of Jews. I think with baseball or statistics, I think stems from two ways and as a jewish i guess i'm allowed to say certain stuff that maybe as a non-jew would be considered a racial slur i guess uh i think it's you know jews are not have not been given the gift of uh outstanding above average physical you know physical attribution so i think 
the second best thing is just being able to just be a a a a, a so nut job on on statistics and just following the game. Uh, but there's if you saw our team, if you stood on the line this year in the baseball classic, you're like, damn, there's some big ass Jewish kids on some big on guys, the, yeah, yeah, some some big guys. So that's changing. But again, we we have that awareness. Uh, there's like a bunch of baseball blogs. I mean, it was it called Jewish Baseball World, whatever it is, that now started following following college Jewish kids, not only big leaguers, because there's a place for them, you know. And if we could get a bunch of these kids to connect to their tradition, to connect to their heritage and go through the process and get citizenship. There's enough players now, you know, who have played with team Israel, who could tell these kids or tell anyone around them, man, playing these tournaments are special. I mean, one of the most reoccurring comment, and you saw that this year more than ever before, we have some of the best players in the world telling you, I've not had this much fun it looked like so much fun. Just every <laughs> game was so electric. I mean, baseball in general is fun again, right? I mean, look what goes on in the dugouts after a home run. I mean, it's the, the celebrations are crazy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that's great. And it's fun. And you know what? When it's such a long season and the games are so long, it's a way to get people engaged. And not so true for big leaguers, but when you're in a big league, when you're in the big leagues, you're you're in, you know, I mean, you 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 could be bitter and you could be salty, but you should shut the fuck up because you're making millions of dollars. But for those and most of the baseball players that are playing pro, they're in the minor leagues. There is so much resentment towards baseball because when you're in the minor leagues, unless you're, you know, unless you're one of 15 players that the organization feels that you're, they're the future, they're the next prospect. You're just a placeholder. You're nothing. Yeah. You're depth really. Nothing. And yeah. So many great athletes out there and played who who work their ass off and deserve an opportunity because of stupid politics, because of some old school coach. I mean, this new age coaching style, we have these like ex-players who just, even if they never imagined their, in their life, they just have this approach to players, this kind of stati- the lower you go down in the in, in the hierarchy in, in, in the, the organization, that's where all these old school coaches who for no rhyme or reason, you know, and you see, you know, this is me, obviously I've never experienced, this is just me absorbing mm-hmm. from other people. It's like how they get treated, how they get paid, the the lack of what makes perfect sense. You have a great year, you're great at what you do, you will be moving up. That doesn't exist in that, in that world. It doesn't. Yeah. Cause and, you have, you have those like older coaches who, Maybe like 20 years ago, they helped develop one really good prospect, but that prospect was good anyway. And then and this person just, just has a job. Just working on, on their gut feeling. You know? Yeah. That's what I mean. Gut yeah. is important. And we could go into that. I mean, gut has to be part of the equation when you make decisions on the baseball field, but gut by itself, I've I've proven again and again, gut is some prehistoric feeling that doesn't, it's not always the smartest thing. And even if you're big leagues, like how do you explain, how do you excuse having a guy who, who moves up in the minor league, gets called up, and is just going on a fucking tear, and because if they play one more inning, they're triggered, now they'll be owed money. No matter how good you are, no matter how they need you, they will push, they'll push you down to the minor leagues because if you play one more inning, 
they'll have to pay you, you know, the league minimum. Or they'll I've have always to, hated you know, that. I've hated that so much. That's fucking BS. Yeah, because if, like you said, if you earn it, you should be getting the opportunity, no exactly. matter what the circumstances are. Especially, you know, there's so many of these big league teams that just downright suck, and they have players in the minors probably capable of helping them. But because of all these factors you just talked about, they're just like, nah, you just stay at AAA. We'll we'll get look, you when we're good again. And look at these numbers that you know what was it that uh, they just sold the Redskins, right? I mean, uh, or in football, I mean they. Or, I'm sorry, not the Redskins. The, the Commanders, yeah. The, the Commanders, I know who you're talking about. Whatever. Uh, uh, look at the value of these teams. I mean, that these are extremely rich teams. I mean, six yeah. billion dollars or something ridiculous. I mean, uh, I can't even imagine what you know what the A's are going to be getting to move from Oakland to. To, to to Vegas. I mean, it just it's not from lack of money. Oh, they have There's the money. money out there. Yeah, <laughs> they have the money. Just the owner likes to keep more of it than he likes to give away. Yeah. Um, going back a little bit, you talked about how you don't think baseball is ever going to pick up to the full extent in Israel like you had hoped or like others had hoped. What is the primary competition? What's the other sport? Is it soccer? Or is it something else? First of all, for those who don't know, like one of the biggest obstacles besides physicality and just pure size is when you turn 18 which in every sport in almost every asset of life 18 is when you hit your prime mm-hmm. right you're going into the army you have to serve yeah you have to serve three years and unless you're as lucky as i was which was you know i was one of 50 athletes that year the the year that i got drafted that were allowed to continue to play the sport you're basically abruptly stopping stopping to play sports so there's a lot of talented athletes out there in all sports that after three years of you know going through hardcore fucking shit they they just they they never go back and and you know you you, you definitely stop your your, your potential as athletes so in general that's that's a big problem that's in, a barrier in, in yeah. in secondly facilities you know i go back to for me, yes, access to great equipment is nice, but it's access to field. It's access to the small stuff. In the one hand, I think that looking all sweet, you know, all super sweet with all the latest gear and, you know, a pinky protector and a little <laughs> thing and, a, you know, the some, some WWE type of sunglasses, you know, that reminds me of like the 80s and 90s. And the one hand, it's ridiculous. And the other hand, when you're a kid, that's what gets you into the sport. Oh, yeah. To the sport. I mean, looking good is part of, you know, winning the game. I think you could become a great player and, and you look at what's going on in Dominican and Puerto Rico and, and all the South American, where it's like they have nothing on that, but they still have this kind of love and passion. That's a whole different thing. So for me to be able to have a kid, and, I and you know, I, I never got that competitive satisfaction from baseball as a kid because we had five games a year. We didn't have a baseball field. There was no umpires. I had to wash my own freaking shirt. I, I, I played with soccer cleats. I played with, you know, there wasn't any of that. So I played handball, soccer, basketball, track. That's how I got my satisfaction, which is a good thing anyway. I mean, these days they say play every sport, do ballet, do yoga. Yes, yeah, diversify yourself. Using, using your body in a in a, an athletic you know, in, in athletic motion. So there's not the infrastructure for the kids to become a field rat. 
you know, the best players are the ones who are like the ones at the field the longest, the ones that are helping make the field and and and, and watch nonstop. So that and ultimately when you're a kid, you know, when you're 10 years, 11 years old and you really are into the, your sport, you want to play the sport that could give you the most opportunity that's run in front of you. And I think basketball and soccer and probably tennis and even judo, because we won a bunch of Olympic medals mm-hmm. in judo, probably is a little more is more is definitely more accessible the level is higher in that youth level and it probably gives you a as a delusional kid more of a clear path to become a professional than let's say a baseball but every slow lipids every ryan lavonway every you know danny valencia any and you know mlb the game the the, the show any anything anything that will capture the imagination of that little chaim or avi Cohen or this, you know, Moshe Levy in Tel Aviv is like, man, I want to be like that. That is, that's when the seeds are planted for those kids to then really have those goals to become a you know college player and you know maybe move to the states a little sooner, go play in the academy in Europe, and then hopefully you know become a big leaguer. That's an awesome answer. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about because we're going to get you out of here very uh, shortly. MLB the show to circle back to the game. <laughs> they they like to say it's realistic. It isn't, but that's okay. It's still baseball. We still love baseball. But if, if someone were to use your card, your player with that four seamer changeup sinker slider, how do you recommend attacking a hitter with that pitch mix? How, how are we going about it? What are we starting okay, with? So What's first the out of pitch? All, okay. First of all, facing a lefty, Stay stay away from the middle end okay. at all costs. Just do not at do all it. costs. I love at that. At all okay. costs. I'm all about the 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 backdoor slider coming out because it's slide it's a slider, so it looks like it's away from a lefty way longer than it sneaks in. Change up that starts out and goes out of the strike zone in fastball that has that movement. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe if it's high, you know, it's if it's deep in the count, I'll I'll try to freeze him with like a force, you know, with a four seamer uh inside. But my my opposing batting average goes up 300 points if I try to go inside for a lefty, mm-hmm. period. And if you have any control on your outfield, definitely bring in your left fielder way in because the only, the only time they're going to get a hit is a little dinger cheap shots. above the third base, third base or shortstop because that's, that's I would say, that's where okay. the, the, the weakness is. Valuable information. For, for, for a right-handed batter, I love the front door slider all day long. Again, if you're a righty and I stand all the way to the right side of the, of the, of the, uh, the rubber, yeah, of the rubber, I, it looks like I'm throwing from behind you because if you're ready, I'm literally coming from, from this side. So it's about the slider that looks like it's about to hit me down, hit me, and then it just inside. And that's not a pitch that a lot of people throw. It's that front door slider for a righty. Um, a changeup and then fastball in, fastball just all day long. Try to nibble, get them, get them out, get them out. Then try to freeze them with a, with a, with a fastball outside. My changeup for a righty is not as effective when I try to throw it outside. It just doesn't have that kind of dip and slide in. You're coming so more across do, your body, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I do, if I do throw a slider uh, for a righty, I'll start, I'll start in and try to aim and just have them start, start kind of middle in and have it break in. The key is expanding the strike zone i would be very ineffective if they move into a electronic strike zone because 
I take pride in kind of like by the time by the by the third inning, the umpires are calling this much off the plate on both sides of the plate because I've established, you know, the old school thinking is establishing strikes on ultimately I hate when I when I with a catcher, you know, tries to give me a give me a pitch in and then I throw it out for a strike. I don't want to have that called as a strike. So I want I want to show them that I can hit my spot. So I'm still in the old school where if I hit my spot, even if it's consistently three inch in or three inch out, I want to get those calls. Unfortunately, baseball is going away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw in the minor leagues are starting to experiment with whether you could challenge uh, you could challenge a, the, a strike or a ball. Yeah, I will. So in in a previous job, I used to actually cover some independent league baseball as a reporter. And I was at the Atlantic League's first game when they used uh, it. It was the automated strike zone, but it was the one where I forgot what it is. I think it sends a signal to the umpire who then calls strike yeah. ball. No challenge system. Basically, but, basically, they become what we always what we always call umpires. They're fucking rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was weird it was different as someone who grew up playing baseball and you're just at the mercy of this drunk umpire who's calling whatever the hell he wants behind the plate now you literally like you said have a robot making decisions it's it's different you know, I, I played two games uh banana ball in 2020 as i was getting ready to the classic so uh the, the olympics so i don't know if we would i want to go that kind of far in some of the <laughs> other rules but um hopefully that gave us some tips i don't know how that applies you know as far as my approach that's ex- what I told you is exactly what I tell a catcher, whether if I'm starting the game or I'm coming in, yo, this is what I want. This is what I want. Help me get there. You know, I'm, I'm not, I, I hate, I like the catcher to sit exactly where he wants the ball. Some, you know, some folks believe like you start in the middle and you give out and then you move as you go to the windup. Help me, help you help me, which is just <laughs> show me what you want. And let me hit that shit right in the spot. Well, I'm going to use your tips because I'm going to tell you my stats with your card right now, and it might not make you happy. Well, with the ratings, that's not fair because you could have the ratings are bad strategy. So we need, we need, we need to change those statistics. I I don't mind on velocity. I'm okay with it, but accuracy, what's the third one? Stamina. Come on. I should be throwing triple headers in the game and still be at 90. (laughs) (laughs) Through uh through 26 and a third innings, you have four saves. So that's good. Uh, you've got 11 strikeouts. So like we said, not a strikeout pitcher. But Let's it's make a f- you fast 82 if you're hitting my 66. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's a 4.1 ERA. I'm working on – that's got to get down. I'm trying. Because like you uh, said, if, if you miss the now, spot it, a little is bit – your skill? Is it your skill? Can I can – I, or, or <laughs> maybe you have to put some more time in it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm decent at the game. I don't know. It might just be me. But I, I do agree. I like pitching to contact, which is why I think I like using your card because – if you're outthinking your opponent and throwing the pitches they're not expecting, you're getting a lot of ground balls, a lot of really shitty pop-ups, um, and you hit your spots even though your control is not what it should be. But um, I think your card's a lot of fun. I think a lot of people think your card is a lot of fun. And I hope that everyone continues to learn more, not just about you, but about there's hundreds of World Baseball Classic players in this game that nobody's ever heard of before because of the agreement that's in place. So I, I really hope people continue to learn I, about I, it. I love, I love that. I love that because I love that the fact that they incorporate the World Classic classic players. Um, I think it's great. It's great for the popularity of the game. I'm sounding like a stupid ambassador here. <laughs> I think no, it, be the ambassador. Cool Go for it. You want, you want that guy who has no one to look up to 
who's from, you know, Czech Republic, who had this, mm -hmm. you know, crazy run, to be able to play, you know, a Czech, Czech player. Some, Representation some, matters, some, it does. Teach, some teacher, teacher, I've seen that. I've seen those promos so many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, representation matters. And this was incredibly cool. Shlomo, thank you. I, I cannot begin to thank you enough so much for answering a random DM on Instagram. Uh, but you did you did share my TikTok on your Instagram. So I think we're even on that front. Um, but thank you so much. I appreciate everything. If people want to follow you anywhere on social media, where can they where can they find you? Shlomo Music on Instagram. Um, Bachelor said I have a Facebook. Obviously, I'm never going to tell you my MySpace. No, handle. don't do that. No. <laughs> um, I do have also TikTok, although it's not, I'm not active. I uh, I do. I am a victim of 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 the of just like the endless scroll. I do enjoy it. Uh, but Shlo Music, S H L O Music, one word. Um, yeah, keep you know keep it keep it alive. I want to be a permanent fixture and MLB the game, uh, the show. Sorry. Uh, I, I I've asked a bunch of people who DM me about it, like, yo, do you know anyone who could change it to Israel? It would be nice to be the first Israeli born, you know, in, would be in, cool. in, on, on the show. Um, and you know what? I still hope someday, and th this, this jokes have been, you know, kind of well and alive that someone will decide to sign me for one day. Dude, we got to make it happen. I don't know anybody <laughs> in big league organizations, but so there's got to be one listener of this podcast who does. Let's make this shit happen. Let's get Shlomo, even if it's in spring training, let's get him to pitch an inning. I'm down. It'd be incredible. Um, thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, all the stuff that content creators tell you to do. And uh, stay tuned every Tuesday for more episodes of the show, the podcast. Uh, Shlomo, thank you again. Please. Appreciate thank you so much. See you next week. Later.